Welcome to the Life Central Bikers Church Podcast. We trust that this message will speak into your life. Father God, thank you that each of us can come before you this morning, Lord, and, and just say, here's my heart, speaking to to my life and to my circumstances. Speak your life, speak your truth. Thank you for that. Thank you that we can come before you and trust that there's nothing too big or too small for you. Thank you for your grace, Lord, and thank you for your love. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Hey, good morning, church. Good to be with you this morning. Now, there's a few things in in life that, that we need to be intentional about. Now, one of those is when you when you bry, you need to be very intentional with the bry. You need to click the bry tongs twice. Otherwise, the meat's going to be a mess. Like when you tie stuff down on a trailer, you need to be intentional about that and pull that strap twice. Otherwise, the stuff's going to come off the trailer. Now, I don't know who of you have, have heard the saying, what is your intention? Or maybe you've heard it this way. If you're intentional about it, you'll do it differently. And so for me as a, as a junior in, in high school, I very soon learned or, or discovered the, the picking order of high school life. For example, the, the bicycle shed. There was certain spaces that, that was reserved for the seniors. So as juniors, 10 at 6 guys, we weren't allowed to park our bicycles on those spots. So um, in all my bravery and not to be intimidated by the seniors telling me where I'm supposed to park my bicycle or not, I very soon discovered that, that I'll need some manpower if I wanted to solve this problem. Because I'm only standing six and these matric guys, they, they're pretty big. And so began the, the quest, the adventure of recruiting some other junior cyclists. So whether it was an invite, inviting them to, to just come and ride with me, especially to school and then back home again in the afternoons, it all started with an invite. And so we were soon a, a lacquer posse of, of junior cyclists, cycling over the weekends, having fun, and eventually, towards the end of Standard 6, we had breakthrough we were able to park our bicycles there in the bicycle shed, in the, in the shade, the spots that were reserved for the seniors. So finally, we had breakthrough. I won't go into 
more details on, on how we got that breakthrough, so I'll just leave it there. Now, Matthew 28 verse 19 to 20 says, we must go and make disciples. Now, in its, in its most basic application, it means there's an invitation involved. Whether, whether it's, hey, come with me to church this Sunday, or, or don't you want to join me for life group this week? Or, or maybe it's, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? It all starts with an invite. And from that invite, we'll, we'll get to, to forge some, some precious relationships. We'll, we'll get to walk with wonderful people. And we'll see them discover Jesus. And we'll see them grow. Now, a whole heap of studies has been done on, on church growth. And, and many of them have found that most people came to church for the first time because someone invited them to church. And so as I, as I chewed on this, it, it dawned on me that, that this, is, this is what Jesus did. He invited people. When Jesus walked the earth, he invited people. Now, he didn't, he didn't first see their, their sinful nature. He didn't first see the mess in their lives. Jesus saw opportunity for relationship. Jesus saw an opportunity to have a life changed. Jesus saw the opportunity for someone to get saved. And that's why he invited us. Now, when we jump into our Bibles, we, we see that there, there's a whole lot, a lot of instances where, where Jesus invited people. Now, one of those is Zacchaeus. And Jesus said to, to Zacchaeus, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I want to come visit you. Then there's, then there's, there's Peter. And we see that Jesus arrives there next to the lake and, and this whole crowd is, is following him and, and he needs some, some space because this crowd is just pushing and pushing and he sees these boats there. And so Jesus asks Peter for help. Imagine that. Jesus asking Peter for help. So Jesus steps in the boat and he asks Peter to just push it out. And there Jesus stands and he talks to the crowd. And then after that, Jesus helps Peter. So first he asks for help and then Jesus helps Peter. And he says to Peter, you know, go out, cast your fishing nets on the other side. And as that whole thing plays off and Peter returns to shore Jesus says to Peter hey Peter then you want to come follow me I'll show you how to be fishers of men and just 
me thinking in, in, in pictures, I don't know if it really happened that way, but, but I can just imagine that as Jesus was engaging with Peter, maybe a few meters on, he saw these other two Fris Owens, because they weren't called the sons of thunder for nothing. So Jesus sees these two brothers, James and John, and he says to them, hey guys, don't you want to come follow me? And invite. And then there's, then there's Matthew. Now, I think being a, being a tax collector, it's safe to, to say that, that especially in those times, you were probably chasing money. And so here we see Matthew doing a job despised by other people, being a tax collector. And Jesus walks up to him and says to him, Matthew, come follow me and invite to Matthew. And we see then that, that Matthew invites a whole lot of his friends for Lakakaya at his place. And we see that, that as they, they busy having that, that visit in Matthew's house, the, the Pharisees, they come and they find fault with how certain things are done. They, they, they pick on the rules. The rules are not followed for this and, and for that. And then Jesus responds and he says that, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And as I read this, I, I just thought of, of something else. I mean, when, when you go to the gym, you don't go to the gym because you are already in your desired shape or on your desired fitness level. You go to gym because you, you want to get in, uh, you want to have a certain physique or, or you're training for something specific or, or you want to lose weight. And so when you arrive at gym, you'll, you'll see the guys that, that maybe just started out. But you'll also see the guys that's been training for years. You'll see the weak, you'll see the strong. You'll see people of all shapes and sizes in the gym. And it's the same in, in church. We don't come to church because we, we're perfect. We don't come to church because we've arrived. We come to church because we want to draw closer to Jesus. We come to church because we want to learn how to show to others the same grace that Jesus is showing us. And so when you come to church, you'll see people who's been following Jesus for years. You'll see people who maybe just said yes to Jesus. You'll see people struggling with depression, with stress. You'll see people trusting God for breakthrough. You'll see the, the newlyweds. You'll see the young parents. You'll see the couple coming to church, giving it their everything to save their marriage. You'll see the parents coming to church, praying that their adult kids will find Jesus. This is, this is the place we call home. This is the people 
we call family. Then there's the woman at the well. Now, as we read through her story, we must just give some, some context. And, and, and that's that, that women in those days, they collected water from the well in, in the cool of the morning or the evening. They didn't collect water during the heat of the day. But yeah, this woman was collecting water in the heat of the day. And she had to do this because other people didn't want it to be seen with her. People did not want to be associated with her. People despised her. And as we read through her story, we see that, that this lady, she's been divorced five times. She was currently staying with a man to whom she was not married. She was a Samaritan, despised by the Jews. She couldn't even go to the temple to worship. And here Jesus comes, a Jew. And I know it's not written this way in, in the word, but, but again, thinking in pictures, I can just imagine Jesus saying to her, excuse me, ma'am, would you mind giving me some water? And as she, she pulls the, the water out of the well, maybe pours it in a, in a bowl of sorts, again, I, I just imagine Jesus taking that bowl and, and maybe on, on, on a stone he, he sits and he, and he says, is it okay if I sit here while I drink this water? And so Jesus makes time to connect with this woman. She was despised by her community. Others that called themselves believers did not want to be associated with her. And yet Jesus comes. He doesn't tell her that, that she's wrong. He tells her that God has so much more for you. And we see that as a result of that encounter, this lady, she says yes to Jesus. We see it even going further. We see an entire village getting saved. And then, you know, I'm thinking in this day and age, so often we want to tell people what they're allowed to do and, and not allowed to do. But we need to realize how we interact with people, whether they're wrong or not, can mean the difference between an entire family getting saved or someone never ever setting foot in church again. See, Jesus' first words to the people he invited weren't how wrong they were. 
His first words to them was him inviting them, making them feel welcome. And so as a, as a church, we look at this and, and, and we see that the change happened as they started to walk with Jesus. The change started to happen. Those wrong things started to change as they got into relationship with Jesus. And so as a, as a church who, who desire to see growth in, in the community of believers, we need to learn from Jesus. We need to invite people, make them feel welcome, accept them for who they are, and trust that Jesus will bring the change in their lives, just as he did in yours. And the good news is he's not even done with us. He's got so much more for you and me. Now, here's something to, to think about. Whether you, you're speaking of uh, your, your cycling club or motorcycle club or church, Growth happens when first-time visitors stay. And so, I often ask myself, is there something that I do or something that I say that will cause people not to come back? Or maybe, maybe put differently, what in, what in my words and actions will cause people to want to say yes to Jesus, will cause people to say that, that I, want, I want that, what, what's in that guy. I want that. See, when we're intentional in our invitation, I fully believe we'll, we'll see spiritual growth and we'll see physical growth. Something amazing happens when, when you invite someone and you see them discover Jesus. You see them grow. And so the, the intention with an invite is to see a relationship with Jesus become a reality in someone else's life. Now, as we read through the, the book of Acts, we see that, that the church grew. So in spite of persecution, in spite of not having a building, and in spite of people not being formally trained, there was growth. You see, as, as, as people shared with their neighbors, with their family, with their friends, they, they shared the good news of salvation in Christ. And, and, and we read that, that, that Luke writes in Acts that they were added to the church daily. And so as a, as a church, we should grow to love the Lord 
with, with everything in us. As a, as a community of believers, it should be, be our desire to see more people discover Jesus. Now, practically, how can I be intentional when I invite someone? Now, we've, we've all been given what I believe a God-given circle of influence. There's people you cross paths with often. There's people you connect with on a, on a regular basis. Your God-given circle of influence. Now, many of those people, they, they might know of Jesus, but I bet there's some of them that don't know Jesus. They don't intimately know him. Invite them. And then listen, listen for those for those knots. I did not expect this to happen. It is not going well with me. I was not prepared for. I am not from here. There's a reason that person's sharing it with you. And that reason might just be the open door for you to invite them. And then if people feel welcome around you, if, if people feel that they matter to you, they are more likely to come when you invite them. And again, we, we, we should think of how we interact with people. Now, maybe, maybe it's just me, but, but I have not heard of testimonies where, where someone said, you know what, because so-and-so judged me and condemned me, that, that's why I decided to say yes to Jesus. Or, or, or you know what, um, because so-and-so told me I'm not allowed to do this and I'm not allowed to do it this way or, or say that, I decided I'll say yes to Jesus. Or, or, or someone saying that, you know what, when I got there, I didn't feel welcome, I didn't feel accepted, it, it just didn't felt like I fit, so I decided to say yes to Jesus. I have not heard of such testimonies. But you know what, what testimonies I've heard of? Is people saying that, you know what, because so-and-so loved me in spite of my faults, that's why I said yes to Jesus. Well, you know what? My, my life was an absolute mess. I was living in terrible sin. But that person, they just spoke Jesus into my life. They just shared with me that God has so much more for me. That's why I said yes to Jesus. Well, you know what? When I arrived there, I felt so welcome. I felt accepted. It almost felt like family. 
That's why I came a second time, and a third, and a fourth. And here I am today. And I said, yes, to Jesus. That's the kind of testimonies I've heard of. Think about how you interact with people. You see, ultimately, for, for a church to grow, for a community of believers to grow, two essential ingredients need to be present. The first is people who's obedient to that what God has called them to do. People who's good stewards of what God has given them. And then secondly, and this is the most important one, is God needs to be the center of it all. Peter puts it this way in, in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to 9. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. And you are God's field. You are God's building. Now, all of what was said here this morning lines up with, with our church's mission and vision. Our mission is to bring the unchurched into a lasting relationship with Jesus. And our vision, to see people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, make a difference. Again, back to Matthew 28, verse 19 to 21. That first part that says, go and make disciples, that means we cannot return empty-handed. Now, disciples doesn't just appear out of, out of thin air. We need to invite people. It all starts with an invitation. Whether it's as simple as, as hey, do you want to meet for coffee? And maybe you've seen a need in someone's life. You just invite them for coffee. Maybe it's inviting them to a, a life group or church. It all starts with an invitation. And through that invitation, you'll get the opportunity to build relationship. And through that relationship, you'll get the opportunity to speak into someone's life. Trigger that discipleship process. And you'll get to see how they grow in relationship with Jesus. You'll get to see a renewal take place in their lives. You'll get to see them being equipped so that they themselves can go out and make disciples. Now, we've, we've got this, this long weekend and a, like a short week following that. And so as you move about this long weekend and, and, and in the short week that follows, you're going to cross paths with some people. Some might be familiar to you. 
or some might be new people that, that you're meeting for the first time. So there might be opportunities for you to invite someone. Invite them to church, invite them to life group, invite them to meet Jesus. And as you, as you ponder on that, the question is, what is your next step? Now we've We've heard these things this morning and, and some of it is, is much easier said than done. And so for you, maybe, maybe this morning you need to, to keep an open ear for that open door. Maybe you need to start listening very intentionally when you engage with people. Maybe you need to listen for those nods. It is not going well. I was not prepared for. I did not expect. I am not from here. Maybe in that there is an opportunity for you to invite someone. There is a reason that person is sharing that with you. Or maybe... Maybe for you, you've never invited someone. And, and in fact, it, it sounds like quite a daunting task to you. Because you're scared that maybe they'll say no. Maybe the words will come out wrong. And here's the thing. I trust that, I trust that, that for some of us here this morning, God's been laying someone on your heart to invite you've been postponing wrestling with it this way and that way you need to trust that God's laid that on your heart so you need to step out in bold faith and trust that because God laid it on your heart those words coming out of your mouth will land on fertile soil. Maybe you've just been coming to church every Sunday, just, just attending. And so maybe for you, your next step is to just keep an eye out for, for who's new here. Welcome them. Or maybe, maybe you've seen some people that, that you heard that they said yes to Jesus, but you've got your reservations something's just not sitting lacquer and so maybe your next step is to accept them for who they are love them and trust that God will bring the change just as he did in your life God didn't say to any of us that guy's life is too big of a mess. That, that lady doesn't look like a real Christian. God accepted us for who we are. But He loves us so much that He desires to see His best for us become a reality in our lives.
Maybe this this morning, your next step is to build relationship with some people. Maybe it's someone that, that you've just said hi and bye to on a regular basis. Maybe you just need to build relationship. Be intentional when you engage with that person. Listen to what they say. Love them just as they are, because that's what God's doing for you. Or maybe, maybe you need to get in the mud with someone. Help them in their hour of need. Amazing things happen. When we are obedient and we, and we step into the mess with people and we help them. So this morning, this is, this is the first of, of a two-part series and then we'll do our second series next week, Sunday. And it's all being about intentional. And so be, be intentional. The ultimate goal with inviting someone is to see them discover Jesus, to see them grow in Christ. Now, this morning, before I pray, is uh, we've we've had a had a motorcycle sister of us involved in a in quite a bad bike accident. So this morning, I just want us to, as a church, pray for for God. Pray for Mel, his wife. She's in hospital. Would you mind closing your eyes with us? Father God, thank you that we can come before you, Lord. Even if we run out of words, don't know what to pray, Lord. Thank you that we can we can come and just just sit by your feet and open our hearts, Lord, so that you can minister into that. Lord, as a as a church, we want to unite in prayer, Lord, and very specifically, we want to pray for Mel, Lord. We want to pray that you, you touch her body, Lord. You know the extent of, of every injury, Lord, but, but you're the one that, that put her together, Lord. You know the intricacies of her body, Lord. And so we want to, want to pray, and pray through your blood, Lord, that you would touch her body, Lord. 
every bone, every fiber, Lord, and establish a complete work of healing. I want to pray for for Carl and God. It's it's not lacker when when your soulmate, your helper, your partner is in hospital. I want to pray that you give him strength, Lord. Lord, speak into any questions he might have. Lord, that you strengthen his faith. And I'm thinking of of Um Peter as well. Lord, many of us, we know Tani Aniki, we know her well, Lord. And and so we pray that you would touch her body as well, Lord. And we pray that you strengthen Um Peter, Lord. Strengthen his faith. Father God, as we head into this, the rest of this long weekend and the week that lies ahead. Well, I pray that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we would be in step with you. Lord, that we're intentional when we connect with people. Lord, you've, you've given each of us very unique abilities and, and characteristics, Lord, and may we use that to the furtherance of your kingdom, Lord. May we use that to impact lives, to start amazing relationships, to trigger a process of discipleship in the lives of the people we engage with. Lord, I pray that, that you would take each of us safely home this morning, Lord, and I pray a blessing over each and every family that's represented here this morning. Keep everyone safe, Lord. And bring us all back here together again next week Sunday. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church. And send you on your way. Have a great long weekend. Ciao. Enjoy the time with loved ones. And we'll see you again yeah, next week Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Life Central Bikers Church podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at lifecentralchurch.org.za and get in touch.